Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Winged Octopus Podcast, brought to you by Howie's Hockey Tape. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Winged Octopus. This is Tyler here alongside Greg and Ryan. How are you guys doing? It's been a while. It has been a little bit, but we are back and we have an exciting episode today. Yes, we do. Greg, I just want you to shout out our sponsors and we'll get right into it because uh, we've got some short time. we got some playoff hockey to watch, so. Yeah, so since the beginning of the Civil War, our sponsor has been Howie's Hockey Tape. Howie's makes some really awesome stuff, guys. They're a Michigan-made product. They make stick wax. They have laces. They've got tape. They've got everything. If you go to howieshockeytape.com or .ca for our fellows in Canada you and use the promo code WINGEDO, you will receive 10% off of your purchase. So buy local and buy Howie's Hockey Tape. Uh, yeah, so that was got- a pretty sufficient promo. I got that one going. So what we're going to be doing today, guys, is we haven't done one in a a little over a month, I think, is we're going to be doing a mailbag. So we went out and we got some questions from Facebook and we got some questions from Twitter. We get pretty good responses uh, when we when we ask for questions, but we could always use more to pick from. Uh, So if you think of any, you can leave them to us at any time and we will get to them uh, in our next mailbags whenever we do them. So what I'll do is I'll read a question, and then I will name a person you start, then the other person can give their uh, thoughts on it, and then I'll wrap it up before asking the next question. Sound good? Sounds good. Cool. So we will start uh, from a question from Facebook from James Koppel, who is asking, who is winning the draft lottery this year? So here's your fun pick'em game. We will start with Ryan on who is winning the draft lottery this year. Oh my God! Uh, if it's if it's the Chicago Blackhawks, I'm burning everything down. <laughs> um, if we're gonna go based off who we think is gonna get it, I for some reason see Buffalo knocking this one out of the park and bringing it home. We're just going with the top pick on our, what our gut feeling is gonna be. Yeah, yeah, just your gut okay. feeling on who do you think will win the lottery? I kind of see Buffalo getting it. I know they've got the top three odds. I just don't know why, but for some reason I see them getting it, bringing in Dolan to anchor the defense with Eichel up front and then just kind of wreaking havoc. Um, But like I said, as long as it's not Chicago, I really don't care who gets it. Yeah, I I was just going to say I think it's probably going to be a team like Vancouver that ends up winning it. Buffalo is a good team that could end up getting it. Detroit also another team. I could even see a team like Montreal end up with uh, Rasmus Dahlien. So I mean that's probably kind of where I would look. Yeah, I could see both of those, but uh, I think the the fun one right now would be if Calgary got the number one pick, oh. it would go to the New York Islanders. Oh, that'd be absolutely that'd wreak havoc on everything. What trade is that from? Oh, the Hemnick uh, uh, one, right? Yeah, if you go on Tankathon and you look, if Calgary wins, that pick goes to the Islanders. If St. Louis wins, that pick goes to Philadelphia. So, yeah, there could be some really weird stuff happen. It's really, really low. I think Calgary's got like a 2% chance 
of getting the first overall pick. I'll tell you, though, out of the 10 times, I'll sim 10 in a row, and the Wings land in the top three, three out of 10 times. So we've got a pretty good shot of at least getting top three. So we, we can be I hopeful. We're going to end up with Quinn Hughes. That's what I, I don't know. I, I, if we go any higher than seven, I don't think we take Quinn Hughes. There's no reason. No, I've, there'll be other options. I, I love yeah. Quinn Hughes and what he can bring, but I think there's still other options that can be just as equally efficient for what they have back there. Quite honestly, yeah. anyone they draft that's going to be a top 10 defenseman is going to be better than kind of what they have right now. So yeah. I'll take it. So we're going to go on to question two. Question two is from Mary Horton on Facebook. If Detroit gets the number one pick, do they take Dallin or Svechnikov, or do they trade to get them both? Now, if you can trade to get them both and someone's dumb enough to do that, you do it. That would be absolutely insane. But no one short of the ghost of Chiarelli would do that. So um, if we're getting the first overall pick, you're taking Dallin hands down. He is a generational defenseman. Nick Lidstrom said that he is better than him at that age. So... When you have one of the best defensemen to ever put on skates saying that this kid is better than him when he was 18, that's insane. So you take that kid, he's a once-in-a-lifetime, he steps right into your lineup, and he instantly makes your your D-line 100 times better. Tyler, What I, I think I know, but who are you taking? Well, I mean, Rasmus Dahlin, but if I end up at number two, I might take Phil Zadina over, um, over Svechnikov. I, I didn't like what I see of Svechnikov in the World Juniors. I've seen some highlights, and yeah, he's good, but I like Zadina's game more. So that's interesting you say that because North American Skater final ranking came out. Uh, it goes one, Svechnikov, two, Brady Kachuk, three, Philip Zadina. So Kachuk could end up in the top three then. Yeah, they're saying that if it, if it drafted now, it would probably go, uh, it would go Dallin, Svechnikov, Kachuk. Hmm. Okay. As of right now, where's Zadina ranked there? Fourth. Uh Zadina would be fourth. Yep. Oh wow. And then Bouchard, I believe. Okay. Ryan, what are your thoughts? To touch on the trade part, I don't ask. I don't see that happen whatsoever. But Dolan, I would have to say, if the Wings don't take him number one, that that just blow my mind for the help they need on the back end. Yeah, if they can work some contracts out these next two years, they might have a chance to go for a top-tier defenseman in free agency. But they'd be stupid not to take a guy like Dallin number one. If they ha- if they get number two, three, any of those guys that you got you just mentioned, yeah, I'd take. I don't care. It's like I mentioned before. It's it turns into the the NFL draft at that point and take the next best available player. All right. The yeah. There's a lot of people are like, well, you know, you. you you get to the point where you know you get the for the those high picks, but now you need to you need to get them right, uh, you know, because anybody can get high picks. It's about getting them right, and, and you know. Yeah, look at Edmonton. Guys yep. Edmonton had what three top picks in five years and nothing. I mean, not nothing. Well, they were a lot all of those guys ended up becoming impact players. I mean, like they were all good players. They just had no chemistry between them and, and they, they had bad coaching 
They, I think it's, yeah, I was gonna say it's more organizational and management than I think the players that they were bringing in. Look at the roster they had last this year, nearly identical to last year, and they didn't do anything. Yeah, no, they cracked out. Awful, that's why. All right, but. so we're gonna go on to our next question from Chris Wetton. Will Holland make any sweet trades to rid the wings of lengthy contracts this offseason so that new kids can play? Ryan, I'll let you start this one. Oh, God, I hope so. Uh, I don't know what he may do. What I pray that he'll do is offload a guy like Glenn Denning. I know he's a great role player. He's a little bit cheaper, but that's we have enough replacements in Grand Rapids, like a Turgeon, if once he gets back to health, good health, he'll, he can take over that role. You need to get rid of the helm contract. Nyquist, he's got one more year. He could be a rental, but I don't see him trying to move that one at all. You need to look at guys like a DeKaiser. If he can sweeten the deal up on that one, that'd be the one that I could see him actually managing to get out of town. Advocator, I don't think he can sway that one unless he is just fondling something. Um, but really the only one I could see him possibly moving out other than maybe Glenn Denning because he's a cheap, low, bottom six guy would be to Kaiser, but even then with that salary, it makes it very difficult. Yeah. A lot of people say they want to Kaiser for about a million dollars less than what he's making. Yep. Tyler, what do you think Holland does? You think he makes any off season trades? Yeah, I think he ends up dealing Danny to Kaiser. I think he ends up Danny uh, dealing to Kaiser to free up uh, some space for a guy like um, Philip Heronic or Hicketts or one of those guys down in Grand Rapids. Or even if you believe the article that came out a few weeks ago of Chalowski ended up, um, you know, playing in Detroit next year. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, what, what was the other part of that? I'm sorry. Uh, do you think he rids the wings of any contracts so that new kids can play? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think, like I said, I think the Kaiser could be gone. But you're not getting rid of Abdelkader. You're not getting rid of, you know, Cronwall. You're not getting rid of Erickson. You're not getting rid of... Zetterberg or any of those like big contract uh, Nielsen is another guy that you're, nobody wants these players. And so you're just going to kind of have to be patient. And uh, you know, at some point, some of these guys are going to get hurt and, you know, end up retiring, but like, you're going to have to just wait it out and, and play with the young kids. And hopefully they, you know, if you get enough of them up, they end up, you know, building chemistry and, and, you know, doing something similar to what the devils have done this year. But until then, like I said, it's just going to be patience and uh, very mediocre hockey for a few years in Detroit. Yeah, I think that you could get rid of someone like like Glenn Denning and DeKaiser pretty easy. Uh, not DeKaiser easily. Glenn Denning you could probably get rid of pretty easily. I actually think they'll get rid of Nick Jensen and Xavier Ouellette. Mm -hmm. Darren Helm they another guy, too. Darren Helm, yeah, I think, though, he'd be easier to move if he was a little cheaper. But I think Ouellette's gone. I think Jensen's gone. Uh, Holland did say in an interview that he wants to give two definitely a shot next year, two kids that didn't play this year, uh, but potentially four to five. Mm -hmm. To give four to five kids that didn't play this year a shot next year, that he'd have to do a lot of contract magic to move yeah, stuff around. Yeah, but define a shot. What does a shot mean? Because Dominic Terjean got a shot this year, and that was like what, four or five games on the roster like, like legitimately making the roster is what he's talking yeah. about and like so something similar to what larkin got 
Yes. Yeah, so you know Rasmussen's probably going to be one of the two. Mm-hmm. You know Horonic is probably going to be one of the two. And he's, he specifically said, kids, you did not see this year. Mm-hmm. So it, it, he has to do something. He's got to be talking about moving some players. Just hopefully he can pull the trigger on it because we know he's staying. We know Blashill's staying. So he might as well get started real quick. It seems like Illich isn't isn't too happy. Yeah, so. he, he also made the comment, too, that I, I think it was on the 97-1 20-minute uh, sit-down he had with those guys is he's looking to make trades. He doesn't yep. know what those are going to be necessarily if it's a one-for-one. One. I know he says it the last several years, the hockey trade, but he's exploring it because he knows what's starting to come up and how deep this draft is, that they've got two picks in the first round. We keep kind of dancing around that fact. There yep. could be two guys very well trying to make a make the roster this year and then pushing strong in the AHL if they don't make the roster. Yeah, and he, he also mentioned that he was asked about buyouts, and he said, that's an option, but I haven't talked to anyone about buyouts yet. Uh-huh. So he could potentially buy out someone like Jonathan Erickson. He's not going to buy Oof. out Cronwall. There's too much loyalty there and too much veteran presence. But he could buy out a guy like Erickson who would almost have no penalty against the cap, very, very little. Mm-hmm. So that would that'd be, be his, honestly, that'd be his best option. That would be the best move here. he's made since trading the Pavel Datsuk contract to Arizona. Yep. Mm-hmm. We will move on to our next question, however, from Mike Taylor. Thoughts on moving Zetterberg to the second line? And uh, Tyler, you go ahead and start with the moving Zetterberg to the second line because I think it's a good idea and I think it's something that's going to happen next season. Second line? How about third line? I mean, it, I guess really, I mean, Zetterberg's getting old. He's not fleet of foot anymore. I would honestly even think about putting him on the wing um, where he doesn't have to go in the corners and dig for pucks and he doesn't have to, uh, you know, be the first guy back or, you know, the third guy back. And, you know, I, I, I would even think about third line lessening the minutes and, and putting him on the second power play unit, kind of doing what, um, what Zetterberg, what the Vancouver did with the Sedins this year. Yep. Ryan, Zetterberg to the second line? I don't mind it because I think Larkin established himself as that 1C this year. Does he need a supporting cast a little bit more? Yeah, Mantha needs to take up an additional role and really start getting the dominant force that he's expecting of himself, no less. Yeah. Um, I don't have, the, the reason I'm okay with him as a second-line guy is what else do they got there right now? Chalousi's coming in as a center, but is he going to start there? Rasmussen's coming quick, in as a center. I'm sorry, Rasmussen, not Chalowski. I'm sorry. But he, is he going to make that jump? And, I mean, look how much of a adjustment period it was for Larkin to get finally get settled into that role. Yeah. Um, outside of that, Anthony Siu, if he even returns, if they're bringing him back, I would assume they attempt to, and he doesn't really have much weight to go off to demand money. But I think him – I kind of like what you mentioned there, Tyler, about putting him into a, a wing position so he's not as much of a liability. Liability because he is, he's obviously gotten slower out there. But I think him in a second line center role still isn't the worst thing because he can still make the plays that you would expect to him, even with his age. And as long as his body can keep up with him, it's not that bad. Uh, but we'll see how this year goes, especially at the start of the season. Um, this offseason is going to be pretty vital for him and how he can stay in conditioning and stay in good shape to actually be that role. Yeah, I think they said 
next season, if Rasmussen comes in, they'll play him at the wing. That's what he's playing right now in with the Tri-City Americans, and he's absolutely blowing up the playoffs. Like, Michael Rasmussen owns the playoffs. Oh, That's yeah. what's happening right now. But if they bring him in as, as, a, as a wing to start off like they did with Larkin, I think if you put Rasmussen on a wing with Zetterberg on the second line, perfect. Give him some of the best opportunity to, to get better, to play with leadership, to play with a solid person that can probably make up for some of your, your defensive mistakes because Zetterberg is probably the best two-way forward on the team. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. I believe in Jeff Blaschel giving a guy like Rasmussen, who's never played in the National Hockey League, an opportunity of you know playing on the second line. And if he doesn't do well in like the first period or something, then you know Jeff Blaschel is the type of guy that's going to kick him to the fourth line. Yeah, but I think Blaschel's also going to be on the... I mean, this is last year. He's playing for a contract. He's on the hot seat. And like I said, Chris Illich seemed not so happy in some of his body language and kind of sideways word structure that he used in some of his sentences. I think that they're both got to embrace the play kids movement and play them mm-hmm. where you need to play them. So you Much think like the coming from ownership now? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, if you were ownership... And you saw someone try like actively declining your once dynasty, you'd be kind of pissed off too. So I think he's taking the reins, and, and some of that direction is going to come from up top. I agree. I, I I think that if if you see a guy like Erickson get bought out, that will be a good first step in the d- direction of uh, you know playing kids. And yeah, yeah. it's probably going to be high draft picks for three or four years. But you know what? I mean that's. That's how you win in this year in this NHL. I'm not saying tank. I'm just saying that like play kids and whatever happens happens. Yeah, give Honestly, them there, there are a couple of players. I mean, look how many one goal games they had that they couldn't hold on to and win, and how many mm-hmm. games went to overtime. That little difference is what makes them a playoff contender and not where they were now. Yeah. Yeah. So we got two more questions from Facebook before we move on to Twitter from Jason Dreyfus. He asks, "Why are our special teams so bad?" Uh, Torchetti. And- well, I guess the scapegoat has become Torchetti, uh, who is the only assistant coach that the Detroit Red Wings fired. He was a special teams coach. So if you want to blame someone, blame the guy that got fired. I I don't see why not. They, the reason that I feel like their power play has been kind of not great is because you see a lot of the same thing over and over again. Every other team knows what the Red Wings do on the power play. They try to break right down the center or they pass it to a wall. They do a bunch of wall play until it's dug out and it gets iced back down. So they're very repeatable. They're very predictable. You know exactly what they're going to do, and and it doesn't work. So maybe the new person that comes in, I don't know who they're going to try and hire, will will fix that. Tyler, what do you think about the special teams? Why are they so terrible? Yeah, special teams pretty much, I mean, if you've watched these playoffs at all, special teams is, uh, defines if you're a good team or, or you know, a, a bad team. Uh, if you take a lot of penalties, your penalty kill is not going to be good. I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. Your power play, I mean, that's huge, right? I mean, you score a power play goal a game or, you know, a power play goal every other game, you're probably going to have, you know, at least two or three goals a game. You and win, you win those one-goal game. Goals, you probably win in the National Hockey League, especially with Jimmy Howard and that. I mean, that that really separates the good teams from the great teams, the teams that have uh, good power plays and good penalty kills. 
Why? Because the, the skill that they have is just not good enough. And uh, yeah, the system's not great either. But Zetterberg's old. And, and then, you know, you got guys like Abdelkader, who he should probably be on the second power play unit, if at all. Um, yep. And, you know, you're giving Nick Cronwall power play time on the first unit. Like, it's, it's, it, they're not good enough. That's what it comes down to. They don't have enough impact players. And that's, that's what it comes down to, really. Ryan, you kind of uh, chimed in a little bit. Why, why does our power, why is our special team suck? I just think there's so there's no creativity. Like I, you watch a team like a Pittsburgh, uh, a cat, the Washington Capitals. I'm going to be biased toward the East here, and then also the uh, the Blue Jackets. Look at the way they move the puck in comparison to how Detroit failed to move the puck when it came to their power play. Now, granted, all those teams I just mentioned, they have true all stars and true superstars on their team. Detroit has lost all of theirs. However, you don't need to have the greatest players to just move the damn puck and create opportunities in space. Detroit didn't do that. And I think that was what kind of led to the demise of Torchetti. I mean, we haven't seen a solid power player penalty kill since Babcock left, mainly because for one, he stole all the assistance away. Uh, but two, it's just the players have just gotten worse. Um, it's That's what I think the creativity just wasn't there. And for some reason or another, the coaching staff hasn't been able to truly break the players out of their, their slump essentially. And that's what killed them. And like you mentioned with the one goal games, one more power play goal a game puts them over that hump and they're winning yeah. and they're probably playing right now on TV and we're not watching freaking Pittsburgh beat up on Philly. So that that's well, just kind of, I think that's a little subjective. We get swept in the first round, but <laughs> exactly. But either but yeah, way, I... It's that, that, that little bit of a difference of puck movement to me. Like you would look at the old – I'm going back now. I've watched these old Red Wings teams, how well they move the puck. Even when they weren't on the power play, they don't have that. And on the power play, they need that, and that killed them. Yeah, it's it, it got very stale, what the Red Wings did. Stale and repeatable, and when that happens – Teams know what you're going to do. They're prepared for it, and they'll stop you before it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the big problem, is is we got stopped before it happened. Mm-hmm. So, our next question and our last Facebook question comes from Brad Kowser. It is: Will Detroit sign a goalie in this off season? And Ryan, we'll go back to you. Will Detroit sign a goalie? <laughs> they have to. That's no doubt about it. They're going to have to. I don't think Jared Coro, if they re-sign him, it's to an AHL deal. Uh, it'll be one of those two ways that he's going to be the emergencies. He's going to probably fit that exact same role. Um, Greg, who was it we were talking about we could see them going after? Uh, was it uh, Hutton? St. Louis. Yeah, Hutton. I could see them going after a guy like that. I know there's a few pending free agents that are going to be decently named that have had a good career. They can maybe sign them to one of those backup type roles and bring them in like an old Jonas Gustafson. But I, I, to me, they're absolutely going to have to sign someone that is not a part of this organization because the guys they've drafted aren't ready. And yeah. I don't, have, we have not seen Coro step up like the way we thought he was going no. to. And uh freaking who's, who else was down there right now? Oh my God. McCollum. Tom McCollum, how long has he been around? He had, he's in the same spot. As- yeah, he was here, and then he was gone, and then he's and back left. again. So. Yeah. so We've got two of the same type of player at Grand Rapids, and yep. no true NHL backup or contender 
for an NHL starting job. So they yeah, have right to. now. Yeah. No, I, I looked at Carter Hutton had some, some statements saying that he wanted to be the one a and a one a one B situation. So I think that would be the perfect opportunity would be if you brought in Hutton mm-hmm. and, and wanted to move Jimmy Howard to a backup role uh, or, or one a one B platoon them because Jimmy's getting a little older. I mean, he's what? 34. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hutton Hutton is 32, I believe. Mm. So he's only a couple years younger, but you only need him for a few years until one of our goalies develops or we draft a super stud goalie or whatever. So I think Hutton would be a good a good opportunity for a one A, one B situation with Jimmy Howard. Tyler, what do you think about signing a goalie in the offseason? Yeah, I mean they're gonna have to. I mean, Jared Coro, every time he's gone out there has been miserable, so and and then the young kids aren't ready to go, and Tommy McCollum is an AHL backup at best. Yeah. Uh, so and that's that's not to take anything away to from Tommy McCollum, but you know that's just that's the situation they're in. They're gonna have to go out and they're gonna have to spend money on a free agent. It's not gonna be a lot, or they can make a trade for a younger guy, and maybe maybe they can you know make a trade for somebody. I can't think of somebody off the top of my head, but like a you know, a Vasilevsky Bishop situation where you had to trade for one of those guys. So I don't know if they can identify a a good backup goalie, maybe Malcolm Subban or something from Vegas or uh, I don't know. Vegas has plenty of goalies. Uh You can get Oscar Dance from Vegas. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they can identify a team like Vegas or a team like Nashville that has some goaltending depth and, uh, you know, see if they can, instead of, you know, signing a, a, you know, journeyman goalie, they can get somebody that could be, you know, the future or, you know, the yeah. immediate future. Yep. Although, although I feel like Vegas Golden Knights will never do a deal with Ken Holland ever again <laughs> because they trade a first, a second, and a third for Tatar and then he gets scratched. He's watching the game from the press box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that's a little insane when you give up that much to get that little. So I don't think – I mean, they do. They've got Oscar Dance. They've got Maxime Legacy. They've got uh, Malcolm Suha. They've got plenty of Peter goalie. Peter Maverick's an option. Make no mistake. Uh, uh, I don't think I don't, so. I, think no. I don't know. I think so, if uh, they bring him back for $1.5 million, I'd say yes. I don't even yeah, think it would be that. I think it would be Nine twenty-five or something. No, like that. he. There's no way he'd take it. He'll go. He'll go play overseas before he takes that low of a contract. Uh, yep. That's true. Yeah. That yeah we'll so see uh, we'll move on. We'll move on to our Twitter questions, and the first one comes from the much beloved Tess uh, at <laughs> TM Dudley XO. She says. Uh, her question is, is changing up the assistance going to benefit Blashill, or are we just still screwed like always? So I will let you start with that, Ryan. You know, that is a damn hard question to answer right now. Only because I, do, I don't really know what different assistance and schemes and possibilities they could have had if there was somebody else with the roster they currently have is there's potential. And we've seen it a couple different times this year where they just can dominate a team like Pittsburgh at the end of the year. But is that coaching or is that the players? I think a change of scenery for some of the assistants would be good. But if they have another awful year, Blashill's gone and then their assistants are changing anyway. So 
I don't know if it's so much on the assistants or necessarily the personnel that's being deployed by those assistants. So I think a change will be good. I just hope that with what they get, this draft again is going to be huge. And so it's going to be the free agency period of what they decide to do or not do, which I would hope. Um, so it's, to me, it's a coin flip. Yeah. Tyler, what do you think about the assistant coaching? Do you think it'll help Blashell or do you think it's not going to make much of a big deal? Well, it depends on who they hire. Um, first of all, we just have to say we, we're going to miss Tess. Uh, she's not going to be um, part of us anymore. I uh, wish her the best on anything, you know, she ends up doing. Yeah, I mean, it depends on who they hire. If they hire someone like, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the guy that went to, um, to Toronto with Babcock when he left, they hire someone like that. Was it Rennie? Who was that? Anyways, if they hire someone that's been in the league for a while and, you know, you can almost use it like a bench coach in baseball where, like, you know, that older guy is kind of overseeing, like, what the head coach is doing, then it'll be good. Otherwise, I mean, we're just going to be screwed, like, as always, like she said. Yeah, I think that if you – a smart thing, and I saw this idea floated around, was you know Blashville only has a year left why don't you try and sign a guy to an assistant position that if Blashell doesn't work out, you can promote him to head coach. Elaine Vigneault. Yeah, except for Elaine Vigneault. Um, <laughs> okay. But it's a it's – Bill a, Peters would be interesting. Yeah, Bill Peters would be interesting. Bill Peters never had a ton of talent to work with, and him getting fired is kind of just like part of the job because he he's part of a team that's – or no, Bill Peters didn't get fired. Bill no, Peters he's not fired. They just gave him the opportunity to they look gave around. Him the option to move. Yeah. So I think that if you could bring in someone like that as an assistant and say, hey, if Blashell isn't here, he's in his last year of his contract, would you be okay with staying an assistant and then maybe possibly moving up? So I think it's a good option and, and you've got options. So it could help depending on who it is that they would pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question is from Adam Flett, which is at A-D-M-F-L-E-T. Who would you draft and do you take need or best available? So say the Red Wings, and, and for this example, I guess we're going to to go down the line as if the draft happened exactly in order and the Red Wings are picking at fifth. Who do you take at fifth in the draft, Tyler? If Philip Sedin is still there, i take him. At five, if he's gone, Quinn Hughes. I take Quinn Hughes. Do you only take Quinn Hughes because he went to Michigan? No, (laughs) defenseman, and I like his game. Okay. You don't think he's kind of small? I do think he's kind of small, but so is Torrey Krug, and Torrey Krug's an impact defenseman. Okay. Ryan, who do you take at five? Uh, I think I've kind of hammered it home that I go best available by this at this point. Um, if I'm going to look at someone in particular, it really depends on who's available. If Quinn Hughes goes before that, I don't necessarily think it will. I could see him going. Um, if not, depending on if he may drop, I could see a Brady Kachuk or a Boquist. Mm-hmm. I kind of think the wings are going to be between Boquist and Hughes possibly. But I also like Oliver Wallstrom. Um, I got to watch him here in Plymouth, and that dude can frick, and he's a beast on the ice. So he'd be a fun one to have in Detroit because they're starting to buff up on wing, and I like it. Granted, they still need that center help, which I could see them going that path as well. But uh, I think 
if you get, look at those couple options of defense, that'll likely still be there I don't, I, I, for what they've got in the system. Those guys could possibly make an impact right out the gate. And I think you kind of have to pull the trigger because if they buy out Erickson, boom, there's one spot. You could it's likely go into Hickett's Heronic. But uh-huh. if you make another trade on a guy like Ouellette, Jensen, DeKaiser, get a couple of those guys out of town, you get those defensemen making an impact right away. So I think that's where they go. So what I take, and, and I would take best available because best available is going to be six foot two, 193 pound London Knight, Evan Bouchard. <laughs> the dude is a boss. He is a smooth skater. He has an awesome pass. Uh, he, I think he goes before Hughes. And, and I think that's who the, who the Red Wings would be looking at if, if that's where they picked would be number five in the draft and and best available around that position is going to be defense. If you pick in the top three, if you don't pick number one and you're in the top three, best available is offense after three, your best available is most likely defense. And that's not, that's not bad because the top 10 players are great players and your top 10 is mostly defense. So it's really good. Noah Dobson. That's another yeah, one. There's Noah, so many top defenders that we could go for. Yeah, Noah Dobson's ranked right after Bouchard on U.S. skaters, so he would be six or he'd be six or seven in the top ten. So, our, our okay, our last question of the night, and we're coming in right in on time. This is pretty good. On Twitter from Thomas Parks, which is at Parks T H M S one, says, "Let's say the Wings fall to the five to seven slot, and we're going to have our defensive battle here." Hughes, Bouchard, or Boquist? Tyler already picks Hughes. Yeah, Ryan, uh, who do you pick between Hughes, Boquist, or Bouchard? Man, I absolutely have to give an answer here, don't I? Yep. I don't know. You kind of had me sold on Bouchard a little bit here. Boquist, I could see because of that Swedish connection, and they just still love their Swedes. Hughes, because mm-hmm. of the way he plays, they know what they're going to get from a guy that came from Michigan, a la Larkin. And also, you just look at other top-end draft picks from Michigan over the last several years, and they're all playing heavy games in the NHL. Um, but I I think they go for a little more size. I like what you said with Bo- Bouchard and what they can do with him. He can control play. He's a top-scoring guy, but he's got that size to throw his body around. Kind of reminds me with his size comparisons to Seth Jones or uh, – in that sense with what he can do with the puck and then with his body. So I think I can see him doing that as well. So Tyler, we all know who you pick you, of course, between Hughes, Bouchard and Boquist, you would take Quinn Hughes. Can you give us a little of, of why you would take him above Bouchard and Boquist? Okay. So Boquist, I like, he's a little bit bigger than Quinn. Well, a lot bigger than Quinn Hughes, but like I said, I, I haven't seen a lot of Bouchard. I've seen a little bit of Boquist and I've seen a whole lot of Quinn Hughes. So, I mean, like I said, Quinn Hughes is he's a guy that can run a power play. He's a guy that, you know, he's dynamic offensively. Probably needs a lot of work defensively, especially at the NHL level. But, I mean, these teams, uh, you know, end up getting these guys from college. And, you know, some of them end up playing at the NHL level right away. And, and some of them don't. I mean, I think Hughes would be a guy that, you know, like I said, he could slot right in on that second pair at some point. Not right now. And then he'd also be able to run your power play. And then you'd be able to put him on the first pair, probably with a shutdown guy, because he's not going to be your shutdown guy. So like I said, that's why I would take Hughes. All right. So I would take Bouchard. 
uh, simply for size. Now, an interesting thing that I looked at, it, like we said, the Central Scout rankings came out. Adam Boquist is the second-ranked European skater in the draft, number two, right behind Rasmus Stalin. He, though, in the midterms, he was at two, and his final ranking was a two. Now, what's interesting is Evan Bouchard's midterm ranking was a five, and his final ranking became a four. Quinn Hughes' midterm ranking was a four for North American skaters. His final ranking is six. So Dobson actually slots in above Hughes currently in the final rankings for for North American prospects. Hmm. Uh, I, I take Bouchard just because I think his his frame is good enough to come into the NHL next season if needed as where I think Quinn Hughes would need some time in the AHL to put some weight on because he's, he's a little light. Uh, he's 170 compared to Bouchard's 193. If you're going with Boquist, Boquist only weighed 68 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to have to go on the rock diet to have any weight put onto him. So I would take, I take Bouchard. That ends it actually for our, our mailbag. And we'd like to thank everybody for your input and your questions. We love doing these mailbags. We love kind of getting the questions that the community is looking at. And we're super happy to answer them anytime you got them. But Tyler, I'm going to let you take us out. You don't have any second, any final thoughts? My final thought is you can follow me on Twitter at bringing the wing and that I am super happy that Tyler is super pissed off that the Vegas Golden Knights swept the LA Kings. <laughs> you had to bring but, uh, that up at the end, huh? Yeah, right. yeah, because we don't have any time for you to to rant about it. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, what's your uh, what's your Twitter handle? It's at, at rd ryan thirty three. Sweet. You know, the and last, the, the last thing I'll say is, as much as I, I I don't like people going on the bandwagons like that, you know. It's fine because it is good for the game of hockey, and I'm for all for, uh, you know, what grows the game of hockey in the United States. It's just one of those sports where, like, kind of like a big extended family, and you kind of seen that, you know, with the Humboldt Broncos thing that happened there. And it's just like if you can give your kid an opportunity to play hockey, uh, you you get friends that last a lifetime and, you know, stuff like that. So, like, it, it is good to grow the game of hockey in the United States. So for that reason, like I said, I mean, I'm not happy that my boy Kopitar's out and Doughty's out, but I mean, it's good for the Vegas Golden Knights. The last thing I'll say, and we'll take us out after that, if, and this is a big if, the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, this is the biggest story in the history of hockey, bigger than Miracle on Ice, bigger than anything like that. A team that was put together in the summertime wins the Stanley Cup just there's no comparison that's the biggest story of all time any comments I agree 100% it will be actually it'll be one of the biggest sports stories period ever yeah and everyone would be cheering them on yep Tyler will be silently clapping in a corner somewhere like all sad looking who me yeah (laughs) no I mean I I'm just a little salty that they beat LA. I don't really care what happens now. I mean, they're probably going to beat San Jose or Anaheim okay. or whoever it okay. ends up if, being. And then if you're se- listening to this, if you're listening to this after you heard Tyler say those sentences, go on Twitter and look at his previous tweets about Vegas and just <laughs> compare him to what he okay. just said. Okay. That's I, hilarious. I have, 
I had time to cool down. So <laughs> I mean, usually yeah. when I tweet and go on rants like that, it's because, you know, I'm salty. You are hot. But, <laughs> but, and this is a big but, I don't think they would get past a team like Winnipeg or a team like Nashville. And yeah, that's I think Winnipeg. I'll, I'll I think Winnipeg would be their hardest time, but take us out, Tyler. We're running out of time. So anyways, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Yes, I changed it again. You can follow the Winged Octopus on Twitter at Winged Octopus. You can also like us on Facebook and also subscribe to us on Instagram as well. And then you can also find our podcast on Podbean. What is it? Spotify now. Spotify and iTunes. iTunes. You got Google Play. You got everything. So, yeah, subscribe. I'm Tyler, Greg, and Ryan. Have a good night, guys. That's a wrap on this episode of Winged Octopus. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, as well as like us on Facebook. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. We thank you for tuning in and hope everyone had a great night. Stay classy, Hockey Town. Just a small town.